Welcome to episode three, episode trace of the What's on Tap podcast. I am here with my friends Naveen and Matt. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Oh, we're doing great. You know, it's episode three. This is where we found out that uh, Anakin becomes Darth Vader. Let's go. <laughs> Nerd. Revenge of the Sith. Nerd. And also, uh, Trace is about the highest they can count in Spanish, so let's go. You call us nerds, but you're into yoga. Interesting. That's not a nerd. <laughs> no, it's very, it's very much worse. Matt is the most fit out of all of us. It's 2023. So, uh, guys, we, we have a lot of stuff going on in the sports world. April is one of the biggest months for sports. And one of the things coming up, we are taping this on Wednesday, the Wednesday before the draft, the day before the draft. Uh, big NFL draft coming up. And I'd love to know your initial thoughts. I mean, we have, I mean, as the audience probably knows, I'm a Colts fan. We have the number four pick. And you guys have, what number pick do you have? 14. 14. And so both teams kind of in transition. Uh, what are your thoughts about the, the draft tomorrow? Uh, so the, obviously the biggest story is going to be the four quarterbacks. You got Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and uh, Bryce Young, who is from the University of Alabama foreshadowing there a little bit of what we're going to be talking about. But um, those are, that's the biggest uh, storyline going into it. You got a, a bunch of teams at the top that need a quarterback, and you have a couple teams in the top five that might not necessarily want to pick a quarterback. So we'll see what happens going into it. I always watch it with my buddy uh, Nick. So uh, I, I'm very excited to see what happens because last year was quite a dud. Um, I think that, I mean... I think the Patriots are probably just going to end up drafting a offensive tackle uh, in the first round. Um, even though, I mean, we're looking for a number one wide receiver. Um, I know that I've heard reports that say that Zay Flowers just uh, got on a plane, went right to the Patriots facility just to learn Bill O'Brien's playbook. Uh, that could be really interesting and something to look look into. I, I got to say that you guys are underselling the some of the dysfunction we're seeing in New England. I don't know if you guys saw the story that Belichick this season was furious because Mac Jones was so frustrated by the Patriots offense and Matt Patricia, who was leading the offense, that he contacted some of his coaches in Alabama. And Belichick was furious that Mac Jones would go out of house to do that. So what I'm saying, suggesting is there's a possibility the Pats might trade up for a quarterback. Belichick will if he's if Mac Jones is not a Belichick guy he will get rid of him. That's fine. They also just hired Bill O'Brien to be their new offensive coordinator and shipped out Patricia who was calling call uh calling offensive play calls last year. So I'm not looking too much into that. Uh, Bill usually keeps things close to the vest. I think it's a bit of a smokescreen. But if we do draft a quarterback and move up, uh, there's two guys I'm. Uh, Three guys. I'm happy with anyone but Will Levis, and I feel like I don't think he's going to be there from everything I've heard. He's, you know, uh, top two pick. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, so, I mean, as a Colts fan, being in the four spot is interesting because, you know, I, I've, I've been a part of a draft where the Colts are number one. That's the only time where they've really been that high. And so four, you're kind of just waiting and seeing – what the other teams are going to do, and the Colts need a quarterback. So I have no opinion. I don't watch college that much. I've seen all the the statistics on the four quarterbacks that are going to be the top ones. 
and in the end, it's a crapshoot, right? Like, you don't know what's going to happen with these college quarterbacks. You don't know how they're going to translate, how their skills are going to translate to the NFL. Most of the time, you don't. I, I agree with you. But there are certain quarterbacks, and this is not a draft where I think there is a quarterback in this draft where you know they're going to translate well. Everyone knew Peyton would translate well. Um, Trevor Lawrence. There, there's certain guys that are generation uh, talents. Andrew Luck. Everyone knew Andrew Luck was going to be at least an average quarterback. In this draft, there's there's questions about uh, Bryce Young. He's like five nine. He you never know how he's going to do. C.J. Stroud is dropping like a rock because of some S two yeah, test. Yeah, I don't care. That's the guy I want. I hope he dro- drops to four. Uh, he's uh, in the mock draft. I just looked at. He's eleven to uh, the oh Titans. Oh my gosh, that's crazy because of a stupid test. This is supposed to be a very integral test. I, I, I don't know everything I about saw it. I him in but the college football playoff last year. I think, yeah, but you have, this is the thing with Indianapolis. You have to put a good offensive line. I watch probably the most college football. You have to have a, a good offensive line around him because once he gets pressure, he's he, he is not nearly as good under pressure. And again, he's young, so maybe that can change. But, uh... Bryce Young, I can see a little bit of Mahomes where he has the scrambling ability and to just playmaking ability out of nowhere to make something happen. I, I, I'm a Florida fan. I want to see Anthony Richardson go to a good NFC team or the Patriots. I don't think that's going to happen. But I want him to go to an NFC team. I would love for Seattle to, because they just signed Geno to a one-year extension. I would love to see him go to Seattle, sit behind Geno for a year, you know, have them trade up, draft him, and have him sit behind Geno for a year. I think that'd be a great spot for him. Yeah, he's got the biggest physical tools. I he, actually, I kind of want the Colts to get him if he's the if he's the oh, only one. Oh, that's not what you were saying a couple months ago. <laughs> no, I know, but because because he's not accurate. not even a couple months ago. Accuracy yeah, no. is really important. But when you look at the physical skills, top rated quarterback to to grade out in the draft uh, I mean, in the uh, combine. So talking about quarterbacks, actually in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers just went to the Jets finally. Oh, good call. So yeah, talk about um, that. that is definitely uh, another big topic in, in the NFL. And So are the Pats going to finish third or fourth in the division this year? <laughs> I don't care. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Answer the question. Are they last or are they third? Well, I still, I'd uh, say third. You don't, you don't know about Tua's health. I, I agree That's with that. the biggest I, question mark. Tua is, Tua's is one concussion away from sitting out and blowing up the whole Miami Tua, So you're both conceding Buffalo win the division, yeah. and you're conceding that the Jets with Aaron Rodgers will be in second. The Jets. I, I still the, think that the Patriots still would still have a chance against the Jets. The Jets are going to Jet. Yeah, and the Jets are going to Jet. Tua, Tua, if you had to make a bet right now in Vegas. No, I'd say third. Who's going to be in second? Third. I'd say Jets. Okay. Uh, but um, Tua is literally one concussion away from being Joe Biden. So, <laughs> but let's move on. Let's not talk politics. Uh, I mean, I thought we were talking Aaron Rodgers. I think. All right. So, I my quick thing on the Aaron Rodgers thing, and then we'll go to the debate. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers makes the team competitive. I think they have a good defense. They have good weapons around him. I am not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan. I think that they, I think that they will make the playoffs. I think that they'll get one of the wild cards, but I don't see them making noise in the playoffs. Their biggest thing is coaching, and that's what we're going to be debating today. In my opinion, uh, I don't believe in Salah. So let's get into our debate for today. The debate is very simple, gentlemen. Who is the greatest coach of all time? 
Who is the greatest coach of all time? This could be across any sport, and we've picked three different coaches. Matt, who did you pick? I picked uh, Nick Saban. I picked a guy that a lot of us Northeastern people won't know, don't care about. He's uh, the greatest coach in college football. He's the coach of Alabama. He coached at LSU, Toledo. He was a defensive coordinator for Bill Belichick when he was with the Browns. Um, I asked my mom uh, who she thought was the greatest coach, and I brought up the three of them. The only one she knew is Bill Belichick, which is uh, up there, and I don't hate, but in my opinion, I'm going Nick Saban. Yeah, I'm just excited to see you trash on Bill Belichick for 40 minutes. Uh, I won't trash on him for 40 minutes, maybe like two. <laughs> Naveen, who did you pick? So actually, I, I actually have Bill Belichick, um, and Nick Saban is on his coaching tree, but Bill Belichick is the head coach of the New England Patriots. Um, you know, he coached this guy named Tom Brady, who's the greatest of all time. Um, yeah, and his victories speak for themselves. And I went to the world of the NBA. I considered a few, but I went with Phil Jackson. Uh, Phil Jackson was a player in the NBA. He has two championships as a player, but he rose in the ranks of the coaching world, eventually became the head coach of the Chicago Bulls in 89. He coached there till 98. And then he became the coach of the Los Angeles Lakers for several years. Um, in his coaching tenure, he's won 11 titles. So um, I went with Phil Jackson. I guess if we're going to open this debate up, I have a question for you guys because in order to kind of properly do this debate, I'd like to know where you two stand on this. So you're talking criteria. Yeah, looking at Bill Belichick, who's Naveen's pick, and Nick Saban, who's Matt's pick. I was trying to figure out, in terms of championships, are we counting – Bill Belichick's two championships as the, the assistant Giants. coach, as the defensive coordinator of the Giants. To me, I didn't uh, bring that up. I'm looking strictly at head coaching experience. I do have stats for when Nick Saban was the defensive coordinator uh, for Bill Belichick when he was with the Browns, and they're staggering because they allowed way less points when he was the defensive coordinator. Oh but I did not, I'm not looking at at that. All right, so you're I, not counting. So, I, so here's the thing with, with the Giants is is the fact that they had LT, and at the time, Bill Belichick was their defensive coordinator. So he was the guy that was coaching LT. So that definitely has a lot to do with it. Um, so I did count them. But, I mean, I think when people think of Bill Belichick, they specifically just think of the Patriots. Um, with Phil Jackson, I think it's more of the Bulls than the Lakers. Um, debatable. Yeah, that's right. debatable. Continue. <laughs> okay. What so, about you? So, well, you guys disagree. I mean, that's what I, I was thinking that because it's going to support Naveen's argument. Bill Belichick then has eight rings if we're counting the two for the Giants. For Matt, he has six. Yeah. And that's significant to me because Saban has seven. Yes. So I, you know, in debating Phil Jackson, I was also looking at your two people, the two people you chose. Of course. And to me, that that's a big argument, well, like when to you decide look, where we go with that. When you look at Bill Belichick, you know, his mo is defense, and that is what he is known for. So that, that is why I would still include them. Okay, fair enough. I mean, yeah, you guys can keep debating that. I mean, okay, so I guess I'll throw out my opening argument for Phil Jackson. Whether you give Bill Belichick eight or whether you give him six, you give Saban seven. Phil Jackson is the greatest winner of the three. Uh, the ultimate purpose of the sport is to win. Phil Jackson only coached 20 seasons, guys, 20 seasons, and yet he's the most decorated coach in NBA history. He has the most championships in NBA history, which is 11. That's four more than Matt's guy, and that's either five or three more than Naveen's guy. And when you think about the percentages, Phil Jackson only coached 20 years, 
and he won 11 championships in 20 years. He's the only guy that can say he won a ring more than he lost one each year. Bill Belichick coached a total of 28 seasons, and that's just as a head coach, and he won six titles as a head coach. Saban coached 31 seasons and won seven titles. 26 as a head coach. I'd have to go back and well, I count. Oh, I'm sorry. I counted the I counted the uh, the uh, NFL years. No, I yeah, no, I did not. That's well, a completely. You should, he was, he was the, the head we'll coach in, of a we'll, team. We will get into but, that. Okay. Um, and what's more for Phil is he did it in three different eras: Jordan and the Bulls. He won six titles. Shaq and Kobe. He won three titles. And then Kobe and Pau Gasol. He won two more titles. <laughs> Listen to the names you greatest just greatest winner on the biggest stage of all time. But okay, that's my opening argument. What are what are yours? My Opening arguments or, de- or, or, or debate? Do what do you want. I mean, the, the debate's over at that uh, point. Okay, so uh, no, 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 wrong. Okay, so, so first of all, Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time because when you think talk about coaches, um, and when you talk about football, football is the ultimate team sport where you have to, you know, when people say that Bill Belichick had Tom Brady, which is true, but Tom Brady doesn't play defense, right? So it's all one sided for for football. But for Bill Belichick to be coaching, you know, eleven guys versus five guys on a basketball court, you're you're in charge of less percent of less of a percentage of what your team does on the field at that time, and so that Bill Belichick is the mastermind of of all of that. So you're saying that the value of a coach in the in the NFL is smaller than the value of a coach in the NBA. Therefore, Bill Belichick is less valuable. No way, no, no chance. Well, the that's opposite. what he's saying. No, the opposite is, is, is bigger. Because look, if if you give if you give the ball to Michael Jordan, he can do stuff on defense and offense. So it's a lot easier for Michael Jordan to control a game than than Phil than, than uh, Phil Jackson. Because when it comes to, down to the Bulls winning games, it's give the ball to Michael and he'll and he'll take care of the rest. That's not okay, necessary. There's so many flaws in that argument, but I know Matt wants to jump. All in. right, so. Naveen, you just said a football coach coaches eleven guys. That's wrong. In the NFL, they coach fifty three. In college, you're coaching anywhere from 118 to 130 guys. Uh, Nick Saban has the best winning percentage of of all these guys, in my uh, not in my opinion, 804. He's got seven championships, coached uh, like I said, 26 yeah, seasons. I'd, I'd love to play Appalachian State every year too. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. How many how many uh, programs year in and year out can win a championship? Okay, uh, I know what you're gonna say. There's more colleges. Than no, no, teams. I said, right. I said programs. I, not yeah, every I'll, single, not every single program. UConn's not gonna win a national championship year in and year out. How many programs? There's 15 to 20 programs year in and year out that can win a national championship. I totally disagree with you. I it, completely with, disagree with, with you. Yes, in college football, there's 15 to 20 that have a chance each season to win. If you get the if you get the right coaching, and within two three years, they can win a national championship. Um. But that's besides the point. Uh, so those are my basic arguments for, for Nick Saban. Also, I think he has the hardest job out of all these guys. He has to go in to 18-year-olds' rooms, recruit them, while uh, 18-year-olds' <laughs> living rooms, their fa- their house, you know, that's just the saying. Jeez, get your mind out of the gutter. Um, None he, of our <laughs> minds were in the gutter. Okay. <laughs> but he has to go into, into their houses, recruit them, while there's about maybe 15 to 20 other schools that are also trying to get them to come to their school. And 
you have turnover. You guys listed off the players that your coaches had, and they've had them for years and years and years and years and years on end. I listed one player. Okay, Tom Brady. I lifted, lifted, listed zero players. You said you, you said, said Michael Jordan. Oh, okay, yeah. You, yeah, you. I listed, want to address that point, but yeah, go ahead. That's go fine. Ahead. Uh, Nick Saban has turnover year in, year in, year out. You have a hundred and like I said, hundred eighteen to hundred thirty guys coming into your in, into your program that you have to build up. And now nowadays they can just transfer without uh, an issue. So now you have to also retain your guys. His job is a lot harder than throwing the best NBA player and the best NFL player out on the field. I, I disagree with that simply because when you're recruiting college or high school athletes to be in your college program, you're not. You can literally recruit from anywhere in the country. You can have in right. Alabama, can, especially. You, you can have twenty-five star high school athletes come and join your team, and and it's and you can get all of them if if they all. Decided. All they have to do is decide to commit to your school, and then that's it. Whereas in the NFL, like we just talked about, the NFL draft. Yeah. You know, there's you know there's seven rounds. You're gonna get seven guys. That and you so you get one first but, rounder. But you guaranteed one 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 good person, right? That's not, a lot that's, harder to to manage than than recruiting your yeah. college Matt, guys. Matt, I love how you're bringing up recruiting as a, as a pro for your argument. First of all, you know I know that recruiting is a big part of the job in college football, but it doesn't highlight your coaching ability. If you stack the no, deck, but hold, you, hold on. If you stack the deck in favor of a certain team, of course they're going to have a huge advantage. I went back and looked at Alabama's recruited recruiting rankings from the time Saban showed up till now. He started to coach for the. Uh, Crimson Tide in 2007. Look at the recruiting cl- class rankings from 2008 to 2023. Three, three, four, one, 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 one. No, the tape is not skipping. That was seven ones. Five, one, two, one, two, and this year is one. Okay, you. So they're they always. Of course, if you stack the deck in favor of them, they're going to have an advantage every year. How how's it stacking the deck? Because they always have the best high school players. They should win that much, and they do. First of all, yeah, exactly. They should. They're expected to. They they're expected to win every year. They're almost always in the top three in the preseason. But but it's still a fight to get those players. It's not easy. It's not coaching ability. Be, it's part of his job is to recruit. That's that's his job I mean, is Matt, to Matty recruit. Matty is trying to say that part of Saban's legacy in college is the fact that he's able to recruit to win. Yeah, to win. I mean, that's if you not make the easy. argument that he's the greatest college football coach ever, we can have that argument. But no, we with can't. Bill Belichick and with Phil Jackson, we're restricted. First of all, well, actually, I should say Phil Jackson especially was never the GM of his the teams that he coached. Whereas Naveen, actually, Bill Belichick is kind of the GM, but in both sports, they're restricted with salary cap. You can take all the best players in high school and put right, them on your team. Right, right. He has the most responsibility to build up that program. That's my argument. He has the most responsibility. No, yeah, right. Okay, fair enough. But the buck literally stopped with him. Where Phil Jackson, there's a GM. And, and, and that's also an understatement. Phil Jackson definitely has a say of who gets drafted. No, he didn't in Chicago. There was a GM in Chicago. There was a GM with the Lakers, and his name, by the way, was but Jerry West, who's more beloved he, than Phil Jackson. I'm He's not sure Jerry, Jerry West. I'm sure, yeah, but he has a say. I'm saying the buck literally stops with Saban, and he's recruited the best. He he brings the guys in, and he develops them, and he gets them to buy into his philosophy. That's all I'm saying. 
All right, so, yeah, I have a couple thoughts. I have one in defense of Phil and one against Belichick. I'm going to start with the defense of Phil. Um, so you guys have brought up MJ a couple times. You both know that I believe, and I think all three of us believe, that Michael Jordan's the greatest player ever. And I'm not, I'm not negating Michael Jordan's greatness and making this argument, but you, you both have made the classic blunder of saying that Phil Jackson has done nothing without Michael Jordan. Never, is, no, 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 we never, never said, said that. that. Other people have made that argument, which is of course ridiculous. Mm. We know that he's won five titles without Michael. Jordan. Putting words into but, our but mouth. But even if you look at, even if you look at Phil Jackson um, on the Bulls. Uh, excuse me, Michael Jordan on the Bulls without Phil Jackson versus with Phil Jackson. I mean, the, the inverse is true as well. Michael Jordan has never won anything without Phil. Um, and so, you know, when we look at, at MJ's first, I think, five years, he had five years without Phil Jackson. First round loss, first round loss, first round loss, second round loss, conference finals loss. And then as soon as Phil comes in, their win percentage goes up. They win eight more games the year he comes in. They lose in the conference finals in seven games. And then they win three rings in a row. And then MJ retires. Hold on. To go, hold on let me just finish. MJ retires to go to baseball. And even then, they go 55 and 27. Without the greatest player in the league, they go 55 and 27. How far did okay, they make all, it? First of all, they made it to, to the second round. 87 in the 87 88 season. They had Michael and Scotty, and they went fifty and thirty-two under Doug Collins. They, and they were, lost in the second round. The, the Bulls were no, they lost. Yeah, they lost in the conference semifinals, and then 88-89, they went forty-seven and thirty-five and lost right. in the conference finals. And then and that look was at the next Doug, four years. That was though. still Doug Collins, though. That was Doug Collins bringing them up to that point, and then Phil Jackson just ended up completing it. Yeah, but it's the same. It's the, it's the Mark Jackson versus Steve Kerr argument. Steve Kerr came in. You know, Mark Jackson didn't win any championships with Steph Curry and the Warriors, and then Steve Kerr came in and won a bunch. Like, he gets the credit for that. Phil won all the championships, and when MJ came back, they won three more. You can make the argument, too, that Scottie Pippen and uh, Rodman were a huge part of those ac ac accusations in that time frame. Oh, of course. Look, you need all of these coach. Every great coach needs good players to win. But like every great coach needs good players to win. Fair enough. No, but um, to go with Maddie's point, like they lost back to back to the Pistons, and Rodman was literally on that Pistons team. So they got Rodman from that Pistons team to make Detroit weaker and Chicago stronger, and then they ended up winning. Yeah, but no, that's not true because the first three they won, Rodman was not on the team. Rodman was only on the team for the last three Pete that they had won. And Phil Jackson is not responsible for all three of those Pistons losses. He only lost to the Pistons one Well, time. what what happened when Michael retired? The, Michael, those two okay, years. So, they, so they Mike, lost. Michael Jordan retired in 1998, and then Phil retired with it. No, Scotty, no, no, no. So, no, no, no. Go, go back to 90, 94 and 95. Oh, I'm talking about the mid when he retired from Michael, baseball. Michael yeah, lost okay. to the Knicks in 94. Yeah, they went 55-27 and 27 by losing the greatest player in the league. And then they lost to the Magic in 95. Yeah, and Jordan to, had to, come back. To, to Shaq Jordan came and Penny. Back. He came back late. Uh, so, in that so to me, there's v all these coaches. There's very minimal uh, blind spots or, or blemishes on the record, and that's that to me is one blemish on, Wait, on why, Phil Jackson. What what blemish that he didn't win a championship in the one without season? He the didn't have Michael Jordan no, without the two because Michael Jordan came back and they also yeah, lost. Yeah, exactly. The next so year. he had one full season without MJ and they two. Went he had two, two. He went one, all right, one and a half. He no, came back Michael in the playoffs that's that second year. Uh, he played 17 games in the regular season. And then came back in the playoffs. Yeah, and, they lost. and they lost. Yeah, but so so I'm saying two. one one full season without MJ, they went 55 and 27. 
They lost in the second round. Look, Michael Jordan's the greatest player ever. Of course, they're, they're, they can't win a championship without him. To me, oh, to oh, me, oh, they me, can't win a championship yeah. oh, without yeah. him. Duh, of course. Uh, obviously, to me, a coach, a coach's job is to raise the ability of the talent they have around them. Phil Jackson, every single year he coached, he raised the ability. He made great teams the best teams. So and he made good so, teams so, great so teams. So is Phil the MVP of those teams? teams? What? I said, is Phil Jackson the MVP of those teams? You just said I think the coach's that Phil, job is I, to, I, to, all right, to I will say this. Else. I don't think Jordan would win six without Phil Jackson. No way. Jordan didn't win anything without Phil Jackson. I, I, would, also I, win I, Nathan. Would make, I would make the argument that Michael needed Scotty more than Phil. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I agree with that. When you look at what Scotty did, Scotty did nothing without MJ and Phil. I mean, Phil Phil has done plenty without MJ and Scotty. MJ and Scotty have done nothing without Phil. Scott, it, I would I would concede that argument if Phil had only won in Chicago. But then he went to the Lakers and he won three with Shaq and Kobe, who were like Hall of Fame divas, especially Kobe, who was an antisocial jerk. Okay. And then oh, what, one, tell us how you really feel. Once Shaq left, they won two more with Pau Gasol. He won five more without MJ and Scotty. You can make an argument that uh, Phil Jackson had four of the top ten NBA players of all time. I'm glad you're bringing up all time great players because I want to get to Naveen's guy. No, well, well, hold on. No, no, you can just continue. continue make it, so, make oh, an yes. argument for okay. that. Breaking four, news. Four Breaking the news. The greatest players in any sport win the championships. That's not new. Okay, it's true but, of oh, every coach. It's so, true of your number one recruiting rankings. It's, cr it's true of one of the greatest quarterbacks but of all he, time. Okay, okay, that's fair. But greatest we'll get we'll get to my point. But you still have to answer the fact that. What is your question? I said you cannot deny that. Phil had uh, arguably four of the top ten NBA players of all time. Who's the fourth? Shaq, Kobe, I, Shaq, Kobe, Scott, Jordan, Scotty, and, and Jordan. Scotty Pippen is not a top. Arguably, no. no. Okay, no, uh, not top twenty. No, all time. No. All right. Well, that's a debate for no. another day. Fine. No. He had three of the top ten. I do. I do not believe. No. You want to talk about your point, Matt? <laughs> no, I do not agree with you. I do not believe that. You, I do not. Here's what I don't believe. I don't believe that Jordan's Bulls and then the Shaq and Kobe Lakers and then the Shaq or excuse me the Kobe and Pau Gasol Lakers were so much better than the competition that it was not even a competition. I do I'm, not believe I'm, that. No. All I'm saying is that he had the best. He he had Michael number one. He had Shaq. And Kobe, who are definitely top ten okay, players yeah, of all time. Okay, yeah. And what did Shaq and Kobe do without Phil Jackson? Shaq and Kobe had three years without Phil Jackson. Second round loss, conference final sweep, second round sweep. Yeah, he was did a, zero without Phil Jackson. He was a great manager. And then the year, the year Phil Jackson comes in, they won three straight. <laughs> they win three straight. Well, I mean, I just don't agree. Oh, with oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sure. No, I, I, I think that he had the most talent out of all the three coaches that we're bringing up. I he disagree. had the most. <laughs> I mean, I just read to you Saban's recruiting rankings. You can't get much better than one every year. Yeah, no, that's fine. But I, it's all about sending guys. So can we go to Bill Belichick? Yeah, let's go to Bill. So I, all right. So here's here's the skeleton in Bill Belichick's closet. He's never won anything without Tom Brady. In fact, he's been a below average coach without Tom Brady. seventy-eight well, and well, eighty-three. Well, seventy-eight and eighty-three. The, that's where the two titles come with with the Giants. 
Yeah, but he wasn't the head coach. That was Parcells. Yeah, but he was still the defensive coordinator. He still had to manage the defense. So you either have to have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time or the greatest defensive player of all time to win anything if you're Bill Belichick. So or, so, Phil so, ja- so, or Phil so Jackson. Or saying, Phil Jackson. Phil I, did, Bill. I, I did not make that argument. Right, he did. So you disagree with Matt on that <laughs> no, argument. No, I'm just, I'm just saying that's the way it goes. Uh, that's I'm, my I'm argument. saying you can, you can count. The, I'm just telling you that that's not a skeleton in, in Bill Cosby. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it remains to be seen if he can win anything without Tom Brady. In Cleveland, he was he was not a good coach. Six and ten, seven and nine, seven and nine, eleven and five, five and eleven. Bad coach got fired. And then in New England, without Tom Brady, he went ten and six with Matt Castle. I think didn't he go eleven and five without Matt Castle? Uh, I think it was ten and six. Okay. Well, in any they case, missed the playoffs. It, you know, yeah, because Miami and the Jets were tied. If you look at his first year in New England, he was five and eleven. And then, you know, the years after Tom Brady left for the Bucks, they went 7-9, and 10-7, and 8-9. It's just mediocre. I mean, what has he done without Tom Brady? He hasn't done much. But, I mean, how many years was he a head coach? I mean, he was just two years in Cleveland? So, Cleveland. so five years in Cleveland. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, guys, it's the Browns. So, so to me... It's the Browns, guys. Come on. Or the Pats. The Pats were, were so, just as a, much of a joke. So to, Brady. so to me, this no, is... No, they went to the Super oh Bowl in 97 Again, with Drew Bledsoe against Brett Favre. So to, to me... That was Pete Carroll. To me, an NFL or a college football coach has the most influence on their teams because they're calling plays every single play. Whereas an NBA coach, you, you draw plays, you call timeout, you have a certain set of plays. But it you're not nearly as impactful as an NFL or a college football coach. Um, so going back to Naveen's point, I I agree that his time in uh, Cleveland was bad. But if you look at the entirety of that franchise, that franchise has been garbage. What he did in New England, they were also garbage. He got a quarterback, and this is where my case for Nick Saban, which I'll make, which we'll debate later comes in your coaches have had perfect marriages Nick Saban has never had a perfect marriage because he only has guys for three four years again we'll get into that later I'm not talking about that now but t- Tom Brady probably would not be Tom Brady right now if he wasn't drafted by New England uh Michael Michael would have been great Scotty would have been great but without Phil Jackson they wouldn't have won as much that's my argument against both you guys. No, I mean, I agree with you. And Without Phil Jackson, they wouldn't have won as right, much. Right, right. Uh, and if Phil Jackson did not have them, he w- if Phil Jackson was the coach of the Indiana Pacers, he wouldn't have won anything. So, um, that's, again, that's, that's again. That's fine. Nick Saban didn't have a perfect marriage. Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, again, I again. Know what you're saying, but I, I mean. Well, again, hold on, hold on. Sorry. So, with with. The the one thing that I will bash Bill on because I really hate to is his time in Cleveland because yes it was bad and also without Brady he's seventy eight and thirty uh seventy eight and eighty three without Tom Brady if you're a great coach you have to you have to adapt to the guys that you have the reason Andy Reid is considered a really good coach he's had how many quarterbacks yeah he's always had good teams right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, granted, granted, he had McNabb, who maybe a top fifth. I don't even think fifteen. I mean, he went to the Super Bowl, right? And he, he had, went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but but I don't think McNabb's a top fifteen quarterback. He's and, still, and he still Ma- went to the Super Mahomes Bowl. is a really good quarterback. And, yeah. and he had Alex Alex Smith, and they weren't bad. 
So that I'm not going to make a strong case against Belichick because I, I can't because I love the guy. But in my opinion, I I don't think he's the greatest coach of all time. The reality is, is as successful as Saban's been in Alabama, he did not ha- his success did not carry over in the college game to every program. Uh, are we discounting his five years at Michigan State? Where he finished six and five, six and six, seven and five, six and six, and then nine and two in the last year. I'm uh, not discounting those years. That's five years at a Power Five program where he really wasn't that great. Uh, Phil, so, Phil and, and Belichick also had not great stints. Well, Phil never had an unsuccessful stint in his head so, coaching career. So the college game is different from the NFL game. You have to look at what you walked into versus what you left behind. He had five years to build the program. Oh, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Furiously yeah. checking his notes. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so he coached at Michigan State from... So you're going to take four years and demote him that I have, much? I have five for Michigan State. Uh, 95... Okay, you're right. 95 and 99. Yeah, um, I mean, he had no success there. Why should I not count his, that? His last year was uh, 10 and 2. The year after yeah. he left, they went 5 you and 6. the bowl game, yes. They went, they went 5 and 6 the year after he left. He... he, he Upgraded every program he went to. Toledo was his first job at the did age of... Did nothing there. He won a Mac. It's the Mac. Okay. What are you going to do in the Mac? I mean, he didn't win. He, he, didn't he won win a Mac championship. He won a Mac championship. He won one title in five years with LSU. Yeah. That's pretty good. But yeah. one in he, five years. He won a Mac championship in 1990. His first job went nine and two. The four years after that, they went 23 and, uh, 23 and 19 and two. You want to go to LSU? That's fine. We'll go to LSU. Let me check my notes. Um, so the two years before LSU, they were four and seven, three and eight. He went eight and four, ten and three, eight and five, thirteen and one national championship. He left um, in, in two thousand four, nine, nine and uh, three, uh, nine and three. Sorry. And then he went to uh, Miami. Yeah, so he went to the pros and left. flopped in right. the pros. Thank you, Naveen. Yeah. Okay. Do you know who's co- what's the most important position in the NFL? Quarterback. Quarterback. Okay. He had He's gonna bring up Gus, Gus, right, Gus, whatever the heck his last name was. Farratt? Yes. Gus Farratt and Joey Harrington Yep, as his quarterback. Heisman winner. Okay. Fair enough. Again, it's a different game, so though, in college. So what you're saying is you need great players to win. Yeah, and he did not Interesting. have it. And, he, and you know what Alabama did? They called him up and pulled a sitting head coach from the NFL to resurrect their program, and that's exactly what he did. Oh, yeah. No, he's been a great coach in Alabama. He's actually the second greatest coach in Alabama history. I'm not discounting that. But, you know, look, Saban, the pro game. <laughs> Alabama, yo, listen, I'm telling you. I was you, waiting for that one to be. That's, that's totally fine. Alabama, before Nick Saban, was not Alabama. That, those, they, they have not so, been a powerhouse in all seriousness, that entire Levine time. picked a pro sport. I picked a pro sport. The pro game is the highest level in the sport, and Saban couldn't cut it. Correct. I can't say you're the greatest coach ever. He spent four years as a Cleveland Brown. He said that those were the worst four years of his life. Behind Bill Belichick. And yes. then he, could, he couldn't cut it in Miami. Four so, years as a defensive so coordinator, So though. here's the thing with, with Nick Which, Saban. I'm not counting. So he, he, he was at LSU when he started... To to start winning and start getting good, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean, look, it was a it was a pro factory when he was at LSU. No, it wasn't. He 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 won a national championship. Yeah. He definitely had guys that went to the pros for sure at yeah. LSU. Um, he went he went to the pros. He he flopped in the pros, and then what's he do? He doesn't go back to LSU. He starts an, another. 
at a different program in Alabama to bring that back. Right. So right. if it's so Bill Belichick flopped in in Cleveland. If he if if Robert Kraft didn't hire him, where would Bill Belichick be? I agree I mean, with you. He flopped okay, in Cleveland. Okay, he flopped in Cleveland, but here's the thing. When when you're a guy who goes from college to the pros and then back to college, who there, there's a big draw to that coach because he has experienced college and the pros. So if you're a high school athlete saying, "Hey, I want to try to make it to the pros," let me go to a guy's program who has been to both well, and who can try to get me there. Oh, uh, okay. Well, who's been a great coach that left from college and went to the pros? Like Chip Kelly was good for a couple of years, and then he flamed out, got fired from Philadelphia, went to San Francisco, got fired from San Francisco. Um, Urban Meyer flamed out within but that, a year. But, but that only backs up the point that the professional level is the highest level of sport. Yeah, it's a completely different game, it, though. But it's the highest. It's the highest. It's level the highest level. College but, coaches don't spend all nighters in the office like they do. In pro yeah, football. they. Well, it's it's totally different. You spend, you spend a lot of your time game planning, and then you spend a lot of your time recruiting. And that was my point when I brought up the recruiting. You, his his so job title is a lot different. I just feel like when you look at the recruiting, it actually hurts him because they've had they've stacked the deck in their favor. I but, understand that recruiting is a part of the job, but that's, if you have the best players, it's like going on Madden and taking but, all the best players. No, no, it's totally – but it's different because that's part of your job. That's part of your legacy is to recruit players to your program. He won. He's the. He's one of two coaches in the modern era to win uh, at two different programs. He won at LSU. He won at um, Alabama. Obviously, the only other one was Urban Meyer, who won at Ohio State and won at Florida. And I love Florida. Guess what his record is against his protege, his his equal in college football. What is it? Ten and five. So he's better than the next guy in his era right behind him. I think Saban's been a great coach for Alabama. I'm not saying he hasn't. I just think that there are more blemishes in his resume. Like, I'm actually curious like what, what you two you... think, though, about, you know, because Saban was actually the mentee of Belichick, the mentor. Correct. I mean, who would you guys say has the advantage in terms of that relationship? Is it the apprentice who can build on what the, the head coach, the, you know, the master did, or is it the, the guy who started it all? I mean, look, I would still take I would still take Belichick over Saban, um, just because I mean he's successful in the pro game, and and that's that's the harder level, you know. It's like it's not the harder level though. You 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 pick guys and then you go that. like we no it's the, it's all, the debate that no, being a pro coach is harder than a college coach. No, it's a harder level to play in, but it's not the harder level to game plan. You have a hundred and like I said, you have one hundred and eighteen hundred thirty guys in the NFL. You have fifty three. Like it's it's to, in my opinion, rec, like guys, recruiting. If have you watched Last Chance You? Yeah, uh, a little bit. Like yeah. those guys are out all the time. They get they're 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 working twenty hours a week, uh, twenty hours a day, trying to recruit, trying to game plan, trying to set their guys up for success. And that's what the college level brings. I will say though that college, you know, when you look at the personalities, it's much easier to handle personalities when they're not getting paid. Right. Like amateur athletes, whereas pro athletes can be divas. You, you, you have to really work on your motivational skills and your personal skills. Whereas in college you can be you can be like the god no, on campus. That's that's not true for Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick doesn't need to have a relationship with, with his professional athletes. I actually knock him for that. We can talk about that later. That's fine. Yeah, no. I, I 
totally disagree. But I mean, why it, not? I mean, it's, it's easier to coach an amateur athlete than someone who's getting paid way more than you. I agree with that because, but but that is what part of what makes Bill Belichick great is is managing a bunch of professional athletes that are divas that are getting paid and can put them all under one roof and make them play as a team and win. Yeah, but my issue with Belichick, I do believe he can do that, but. In, in the past, I feel like Belichick has been, and it remains to be seen, because both your coaches, by the way, are still coaching. Right. And it's hard for me to say you're the greatest when your story's still being written. Like, Phil Jackson's not going to come back as a coach. He's done. So I, I want to see more of Belichick and Saban, but especially Belichick, because I feel like Belichick is sometimes unable to conform to any other style other than his own, the Patriot way. And I think that, you know, it's been successful, of course, but I think that when you're working with a bunch of pro athletes who could be divas, who make millions of dollars, like sometimes you have to know how to motivate players in different ways. There have been a lot of Patriots who didn't work out because Belichick hasn't been able to reach them. And I'm sure with every coach, maybe there's co there's players that they can't reach, but it seems like Belichick has more. And I, I, have, I have plenty of quotes from players yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you want me to read them all, but I have re read a couple. Give me like three so, of your best all right, ones. So I have, you know, there's this one player, Ted Johnson, who played five seasons under Belichick, who was really, really critical of the way he did things. And I'm gonna just summarize it for you. He actually brought up the Malcolm Butler, Malcolm Butler situation as a stain on the resume because, you know, if you guys remember, uh, Malcolm Butler, who was the hero of the Super Bowl against the Seahawks, Belichick benched him in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. Um, and he implied that there was something a little deeper going on that that was totally unjust. Bill or this for guy? Uh, this Ted Johnson. Ted Johnson. Um, and you know, but Johnson basically said, you know, he's got too much power. He's got a lot of power, and he's got tentacles, and it's far-reaching in his power. You criticize Bill, players feel like there's a price to pay for that. It's almost like his head has gotten too big. Um, Cassius Marsh, who was a defensive end, is another player. These are saying, guys that played for like a couple years that weren't. Like okay, super well, I have, integral. I, well, that's, but that's I, have, fine. I have two more that aren't. But okay. um, Cassius Marsh said, you know, he's not going to get into detail about the things he was unhappy about with Belichick, but it, he said it was BS, the things they were doing. I wasn't a fan. Um, then then, then why did you sign there? Because Cassius Marsh signed there. I have two more. Brandon Spikes, who was a, a pretty high draft he's pick, a second round draft pick. Um, first of all, he said that Belichick lied on his injury report, which is cheating. We'll get to that later. Um, and he, he basically called his time in New England four years a slave. It's pretty intense. But the last guy that was most damning, and then I'll, you guys can share, um, Wes Welker, who is, who is a patriot through and through, I think you guys can agree, really had a hard time at his end in New England there. Um, he said it was just kind of hard, one of those deals where you have to endure him, put up with him, but he does it to everybody. It's just the way he is. Right. I mean, as, as a coach, but, you have to reach your players. As, as Matt, a, you should be arguing so, for saving. So hold on. So why? So there's, I mean, there's two sides to Belichick, right? There's there's the coach, and then there's also the GM, right? The GM is strictly business. Where when you're in the pros, you know, they say that you know sports is a business. It is a business, and Bill Belichick doesn't really care about anyone's feelings. He's he's there to win. It doesn't ma doesn't matter the cost. That is what he's there to do. That is what Robert Kraft is paying him to do. Right, he's not going to care about that. He doesn't care about Wes Welker's feelings towards the end of his career, and we even saw that with Tom Brady. That's a fact. Yeah. yeah and so that, and so he has zero. So he has zero. Ouch. So he has zero bias to whoever the the player is. He thinks but, that but you the, can't agree with. He that. thinks that the sum of the parts are. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, the sum of the parts are greater than the whole. But Naveen, you got to be honest. As a Pats fan, do you like the way Belichick treated Brady at the end? Your greatest Boston Kurt, athlete ever. Right, look, I might not agree with it, but. 
it's it's got us six six championships, nine su- we've been to nine Super Bowls. You know, he's good at what he does. I'm not making any case cuz he's not my coach right now. So, I mean, I will I, I, I you guys are both Patriots fans. I guess I can speak up for Tom Brady and All right, stand yeah, up go ahead. Him. Back up Tom Brady. Um, best I mean, quarterback you, ever. You lost Tom freaking Brady, the greatest player in your franchise, maybe the greatest player in Boston's history. Wait, Tom Brady's not the no, greatest no, player no, in your no. franchise. No, 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 go ahead. Go go ahead. Go ahead with um, the greatest player in franchise history. Yeah, am I wrong? Uh, Peyton Manning left Indianapolis as well. Okay, that's totally but that, different. Totally he, different he, situation. Also, he also left, but go ahead. No, Peyton Manning didn't leave. He was cut. Okay, yeah. he left. Totally unjustly. I would never defend my front office for doing that. That's fine. Go um, ahead. But you're defending the guy who got rid of Tom Brady. Um, I'm Brady, who was continually... Oh, that's the sake of the argument. Brady, right? who was continually taking pay cuts for the team. Correct. Finally, in 2020, he wanted to get paid, yep. as he deserved. And Belichick refused to pay him over $30 million. Well, yeah, The greatest player in your franchise's history, Belichick walked outside the door. Because you were too cheap. Because Belichick was too cheap. And what has it gotten up since? Mediocrity. <sighs> Belichick has a system that... I, I listened to one thing where he had a whole layout of positions, ages, uh, years experience. Like, that's his thing. And I'm not making a case for Belichick. That's the only thing I'm going to say. I'm going to leave that to Naveen because Naveen should be arguing for Bill Belichick. I, I'm I, arguing for Nick Saban. I just, I just was. But you guys I are just, both saying the same thing, that it's for the system. What is he? What has he won without Tom Brady in his system? He's been mediocre the last three years. What no, do fair, I have to hold on to? I mean, that's like saying, what, did, what has Phil Jackson won without Kobe, Shaq, or with, without, 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 without a top 10 NBA player of all time, what has he's he won? Not, he's coached in three different Eight. stints and won all three. The only time Belichick's ever won was that was the was the era where he had Tom you Brady. You know what? I he wish, didn't win in Cleveland, and you he know didn't what? win after Brady left. I wish, because Phil Jackson coached overseas, I wish I looked, looked that oh, up. Yeah, and, so, and saw Yeah, and no, saw what actually, he did. I mean, I don't think it would help. He was pretty good there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it was also Puerto Rico. Yeah, I'm not, that's why I didn't include my argument. Yeah, but if he, know, he, he's going to bring it up. No, no, I'm not going to look it up. But, I mean, like, dude, like, he had he had the top talent. And in the NBA, you have five guys on the court. Why is it that, the, the, that Phil Jackson is the only one I'm that's not, hurt for having top no, talent? Shut, not, that's not what I'm bringing up. I'm bringing up the point where if you have the best players in the NBA, it means a lot more than having the best quarterback, which... I I'm, so disagree with you. That's... Oh, dude, you're talking about a guy... You're talking about one in 22 because you have 11 guys on offense... Oh, uh, eleven on defense, right? So, you're you're talking about one in twenty-two, right? As in the NBA, you're talking about one in five when he's on the court. They're on the court eighty percent of the time. Like that impacts the game a hell of a lot more than a quarterback. Yeah, but the, all right. So you're basically saying that it's impossible for anyone but a football coach to be the greatest coach of all time. Then with that criteria, like if you're gonna, in my opinion, criteria, in my opinion, yeah, yeah. I mean, I so I disagree with your criteria because it's not fair. Oh, then. my criteria we again. We didn't say because Matt, we didn't say the greatest NFL or the greatest football again, coach of all time. Th- yeah, no, it's I, the greatest coach in sports. Just because you coach in a different sport doesn't mean you aren't as valuable. No, I I never like, said like, he I coached ne- more people. You're I right. never. S- that yes, exactly. He coached Who more. Cares? Pe- he coached more people that had. Uh, again, Naveen, I'm trying to make an argument for Bill Belichick, and I shouldn't. I but, um, yeah, the the quarterback is the most important. But again, there's 22 other guys that take the field. He's not playing defense. The quarterback again, also with Nick Saban, his quarterbacks aren't playing defense. Like it. 
having the he had Michael Jordan, the unanimous number one, and then he had two other guys that are in the top ten. Like, I'm not saying that Phil Jackson is not a great coach. I'm just saying that, in my opinion, he had way more talent. It, the that NBA, Saban? Uh, yeah. Okay, so so how much how much talent has Saban had, would you say? He has produced the most first-round picks. Exactly. Which is all about development. And again, you brought up, Johan, you brought up the top, you brought up the top uh, uh, draft classes. That's fine. You guys are all familiar with the star system? Like in, five star, four yeah, star. Yeah, yeah. That's in, how in they rank high school athletes. Right. So 21 of them were first uh, five stars. Only 21 of them. So he developed four and, five, uh, four and three stars into first round picks. And also, again, you want to talk about the most uh, important position in sports. I can definitely bring that up because he did not have great quarterbacks until the past probably four or five years. He had Jalen Hurts, he had Tua, he had Mac Jones, and Bryce Young. Outside of that, you want to talk about A.J. McCarron? He's playing the XFL. Yeah, he was a fifth-round pick. He was good pick. in college. But, yeah, I agree with you. He's had better quarterbacks in the last five years than he He won a national years. championship with Greg Mc, uh, Mc, Mc, I don't even know how to say But he has that dominant defensive players. You can That's – and he, yeah, he is a defensive-minded coach, which is fine. But a lot of them haven't gone on to the success that – they probably should have in the NFL. And again, he he got the most out of them when they were in college. Like D. Milner, he got drafted by the Jets. He was the worst cornerback in the NFL when he was drafted by the Jets. Yeah, no, I actually agree with you that he in the last five years he's had the best quarterbacks. First right. Quarterback. But yeah, before that he hasn't had anyone of note. But if you look at the recruiting classes, as I said, he's had great players. The, and, and Belichick has had great players. They, all three coaches have had great players. In, it doesn't matter if you've had if you have to coach uh, twenty two players on the field, no, on the field versus five players on the floor. Both all the coaches have had great players. In my opinion, I, I think that Phil Jackson has had the greatest players. And then I would put Phil, uh, or uh, I, I would put Nick Saban, and then. Uh, Bill, but Bill but look has at the had coaches the, in any sport. They've always had the greatest players. Right, but like Bill, Bill Walsh has had Joe Montana. Right, John Wooden has had Kareem. I mean, they've all had the the, the greatest. Again, so, it, it's right. Here. It's right yeah. place, right time. But in my opinion, college, there's no right place, right time. It's right place in the right program. So my last point about him at Alabama, you guys laughed at me when I said he's the coach at Alabama. The two years prior before him coming, again, when you talk about college coaches, you have to talk about what they're walking into versus what they're leaving behind. Obviously, he has not left anything behind. He's still their coach. The two years before he went there, they were 6-7 and seven and 7-6. Seven and six. They went 9-5, and five and he has not had a season that has had uh, less than double-digit wins since then. That is my argument for... Uh, Nick Saban. Okay, yeah, I just have one more final point against each, and then one final point for Phil. Um, in response to the Nick Saban thing, I think that you know, just like Belichick, his history is still being written. Neither coach is retired. I'm not ready to 
cement their legacy yet because they're still building it. And I want to see what they do. With Saban especially, I mean, I think that Georgia has overtaken them in the SEC. So I want to see what they do now that Georgia is the premier SEC power, not Alabama. Um, Georgia's won the last two national championships. Even though both years Saban came into the season as the number one preseason team. So I think his history is yet to be written. I also think there's an argument to be made. I made the I made a joke about it earlier, but there is a solid argument to be made that he's not even the greatest Alabama coach. Bear Bryant is certainly the most beloved in Alabama, and you can make the argument that he's the best. I don't know. And about if you look at Nick Saban's quotes, he kind of a sense to that too. Uh, as far as Belichick is concerned, I feel like I made my argument for him. The only other thing I'll mention is the dozens and dozens of cheating scandals. Belichick can be construed as a cheater. Dozens and I dozens. Have, There's more oh, than I have 12. a long list. I'm not going to read every one because I think that would take too much time. But they all have the word gate at the end of it, whether it's Eagles gate or spy gate or deflate gate or falsified injury report allegations or headset gate or Bengals gate. Allegations I have all the information on all of them if you need them. There's a lot of gates. And those are the only the ones that Belichick got caught in. I, mean, Bill, I think that Belichick Bill, Bill bends the really rules rich. and breaks the rules often. Um and so, you know, I mean, I feel like looking at, at them all, winning is the height of the sport. Belich um, Belichick and Saban did win a lot. Phil Jackson won the most of any of them. He coached the least amount of seasons. Best he has players. the highest um, winning percentage in, a, in a regular season history. He has by far the most playoff wins. And I think all your big argument, both of you, was that he had the best players. You guys also had the best players on your teams. So I don't see, see the argument so, there. So winning, that, that's, not, all, that's all top, I'm saying. Okay, not so, top not top ten. W winning fine. winning percentage is different when it's compare when it's football versus basketball because, I mean, you're playing 82 games versus 16. I mean, Belichick played 16 for whatever, 21 of the 23 years. His winning so, percentage, so his winning percentage in the playoff uh, with playoffs included is six six six. Oh, so yeah, he's the that's devil. not great. <laughs> the Antichrist. But but but, but, see, but okay, but. Here's the thing, and, and here's my knock on Phil and, and Nick, is the fact that uh, is longevity. Bill Belichick has done it for 23 years in the same league with the same team um, and has continued to win. Like, you know, he, he, doubled, he doubled the amount of wins as, as the Cowboys did and as the Niners did. Um, so he has longevity. Did he win? Yes, he won. He, went, he won six. He's been to nine. He got two as a D.C., um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's all I got for, uh, Bill Belichick. Nick Saban, again, highest winning percentage in college football history, only coach to win, uh, two championships with two different programs, seven championships overall, coach 26 years. I think it is definitely Nick Saban. Yeah. And I think we all made the arguments that we can make. I mean, we, we all definitely made the arguments for our, for our our uh, coaches and i'm sure we'll never agree but we'll see what the audience thinks definitely not it's a good debate can i throw out you guys a quick soapbox i told you i had one but i didn't tell you what it was yeah go ahead and i'm curious to say to see what you guys think about it did you hear about the betting scandal with the detroit lions players have you heard about this i, yeah. I know that a couple of them were like suspended like indefinitely for the year yeah um, and some got like six game suspension or something like it, that it was something about them betting on uh on property, yeah. right? No, I, well, from what I understood, or in the some facility? of the Lions players bet in the Lions facility. They didn't bet on the NFL. They bet on college football, and they're suspended. Multiple players are suspended for the year. Jamison Williams, who's a good wide receiver, is suspended for, I believe, six games. 
guys, I'm the reason I'm getting on my soapbox about this. I'm I'm really annoyed at the NFL and the hypocrisy with this gambling thing. I'm starting to get really pissed off about it because now they're cracking down on gambling as they always have. They've always cracked down on players gambling, and I'm fine with that if you don't spend half of your advertisement money talking about. Go to DraftKings now. Go to FanDuel and you get $100 free if you join for the first time. The NFL is they're, so hypocritical and it pisses me off so much that they're talking about how, how bad gambling is for the game. They don't want their players gambling on any sport. And yet they're here they are peddling it to the common folk so they can waste their money on some crappy pick. And I hate it. And I want to know what you guys think about it. Well, yeah, they're accepting the money from those, those sites. But yes, uh, to me... I don't I you have to draw a line somewhere. That's my that's my outlook on it. Because any player betting on a sport will look bad for that sport. Whether they're betting on you know, whether it's an NFL guy betting on NFL sports. Like it's a bad look and I totally get it. Like you don't want it to look illegitimate, you don't want it to look fixed. You don't want it to look like the player has some sort of inside That's information. That's an independence yes. issue. Yes. Well, well, then... But then I, why are they peddling it to the common folk? Why aren't they just... Because... Be, why did they bring a team to Vegas? So, so to, because, I mean, sports betting is fun. I do it from time to time. Like, you don't want to... Like, yeah, it, it is fun to bet on sports. It gets you more involved. If Dave started betting, betting on hockey, he would definitely watch more hockey and put... Gordy Howe and uh, <laughs> Nicholas Littrum on his Mount but Rushmore. But do you think it's okay for the NFL to talk about how bad it is for their players and then promote it for their fans? Hey, dude, there's 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 rules in every line of work. So I, I don't I don't agree with it, but it's definitely a bad look. They have to draw a certain line somewhere. That's all I'm saying. So to to go off of of your point, um, Matt, and but. And and so like this 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 case was was brought to my attention um, probably last week or so um, where I didn't understand like the full story I didn't know if it was you know football players betting on their own team or anything like that um, I mean Pete Rose gambled on his own team and and got banned for life um, right and so when the thing with betting on your own team while you're a player of that of of that team there's a conflict of interest because you're able to throw games. Um, he was the stuff like that. he was the head coach though I thought when he was yeah I thought he was like a player I, I coach or something player, player coach yeah, player, player, player coach, coach. Yeah. so he, he was so a he player coach yeah but it doesn't matter because he, he had a direct influence on that specific game right right um, and so that's a conflict of interest whereas um, I mean I I brought this up um, where I was an auditor for a casino here in Connecticut and so it's an independence issue if I went to that same casino and ended up winning say a million dollars. That's an independence issue. It would make me look bad. It would make the casino and myself look bad. Um, but there was nothing legally wrong with it. But I still said, no, let's not gamble and let's not touch it and, and be done with it um, until I was done with that client. So but so this this case is more of the independence issue where where the betting industry is a billion-dollar industry. And I think that if you're a professional athlete and you want to bet on college, I think that's, that's perfectly fine because you're not throwing anything. Right. Um, I agree. And so I think like it's it's just unfair where like all these execs and, and the league can make money off of your sport. Yes. But these guys can't, even though, guess what? They're not in your league either. 
I totally agree with you. I think the issue that arised from this was that they were doing it in the facility, and I agree Which with you. So uh, yeah, but hey, listen, you get your time at home. Do it at home. You shouldn't be doing it in the facility. I get the NFL's outlook on it, that it looks sketchy. It definitely will look sketchy. You're placing any bet inside an NFL facility. They don't want you to do it. I get it. Don't do it in an NFL facility. Do it at home. Well, I, one thing I also don't understand is, is so so we're here in Connecticut, and we are unable to bet on UConn within the state of Connecticut. Yeah, right. I have I have zero influence. Corruption. I have zero influence on the University of Connecticut. The only thing I do with the University of Connecticut is pay my taxes. That goes to that school. Hey, and that is I it. I mean, you can go get a baseball bat right. go up to one of their players, Sonogo, and be, threaten them. And you never know. Apparently, you can't do that in Massachusetts. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I, so my, my final point on this, it's just an overarching point about companies now, especially in 2023, that companies seem to want to have their cake and eat it too, where they want to make a profit, as a company should. We live in a capitalist country. The point of a company is to make a profit. Yep. But then these companies want to like throw in to be throw in morality into their uh, practices. Like They want to take a political stance or a moral stance, and then they get mad when it's controversial and they lose money. I'm gonna, maybe I'm thinking about a certain beer company recently. We don't have to get into that. But the point I'm trying to make is you need to take a side. Like, okay, if you make money, then you can't say that, you, you know, I can't complain that I'm going to lose money when I take a moral stance. If you're going to be take a moral or political stance, you have to be ready to lose money. If you're not going to take a stance, you'll make money, but you may get criticism for not being moral. So, but you can't have your cake and eat it, too. So what's, what's your line? Is there no line they can— With the bet, NFL or just in general? NFL players betting. What's your line? I or think, any professional here's, here's athlete. Here's what my thought is. I don't, think, I don't agree that the NFL should be promoting DraftKings, promoting FanDuel. I don't think they should have put a team in Vegas. I was fine with the way it was where they, they believed gambling shouldn't exist. But if that's people the, want to gamble, that's their right. But they shouldn't be promoting it if they're going to get mad at their players for doing it. Not on the NFL, on other sports. But, Han, but that's, that's already thrown out. That's already happened. So what, what's your line now? Because obviously they're gonna they're making money with a team in Vegas and promoting DraftKings and, and FanDuel and all that. So they're what's about your to get line? the A's too. Huh? Yeah. Vegas is about to get the Oakland A's. Right, right. So, so what's your, your question, line? Matt, I mean, I wish it was the old way, but if I have to live under these new conditions, I would then have to say I'd allow players to bet on games that are not NFL games. That, or games in their sports. Games in their sports. What what about what about see the thing is I, I, I hear you guys with the thing in your sport, but I, what if you're a, a second-year player out of Oklahoma and you have ties to the Oklahoma coach? Like, And you talk to the Oklahoma coach. You're like, yeah, our quarterback is dinged up. Our pass rusher on the edge, he's dinged up. I don't know if we're... Insider you know, info. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we're, we're, we, we have a 27-point spread. Right. Like, you know... That's, that's all. That's all all he say says is out of the sport. All, I think it should be out of the sport, like it was ten years ago. Uh, again, but it's not. So, I what's know. your line? What's well, your line outside of the sport? Because now that guy is still getting insider information. Yeah, I know. I don't think there's an easy answer. I, to what it is now? I'm fine with. I'm fine with it being in the sport. Uh, betting, betting sports. I'm fine with the uh, NFL players betting. They should not be able to bet on uh, on NFL property. Or you know, Fair team enough. facility, and that's what that was the main thing about this case. They were betting on uh, in the facility, 
That's yeah. that's yeah. my main point. I I would banish that. Fair enough. And, and we'll I see think what that, happens. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be more Vegas stuff coming up for sure. So, all right. Um, so I think we'll stop there, gentlemen. Uh, any any other thoughts to add before we finish up here? Have fun with Will Levis as your quarterback for the next ten years. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, look, if if they draft Levis, I'm gonna, I'm sure I'll. Make up, you know. I'm sure I'll change my mind that he's going to be great. <laughs> we'll yeah, buy, buy a jersey like you did Andrew Luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So this was episode three of What's on Tap. Thank you everyone for listening, and we will see you next episode. See you in two weeks, guys. Bye.